Welcome, everyone, to the Locked In Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Dodds, and I'm joined by my longtime friend and fellow competitor in fantasy and against the spread picks, Sean Crow. Uh, so this year, currently, Sean holds a 52.8% uh, pick rate, which is fifth among experts on PickWatch.com, and my pick percentage is 46.6%, which is good for 35th among experts on PickWatch. So I would say our two cents is worth consideration for your bets, along with other people, obviously. But uh, if you don't know what PickWatch is, it's basically a site that pools uh, expert picks for against spread picks and even basic pick them for many sites like NFL.com, Pro Football Focus, CBS, ESPN, USA Today, so much more. You can find both both of us on Twitter at Justin Dodds underscore ninety six and at Sean Crow or sorry at S Crow ninety one, and also our Locked In Football Twitter account is at Locked In Football but with only one L. Also, quick shout out goes to Bobby Sylvester and the Fantasy Pros Podcast guys who have been an incredible help in starting this podcast and even given us the inspiration to sit here and talk about football every week. So thanks, Bobby and Mike. You can find those guys on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. They give great advice regarding fantasy and do plenty of podcasts for all the information you could ever need about fantasy football from Start Sit to DFS to waiver wire pickups. It's really great content. So you should definitely check those guys out on Twitter as well as on their site, fantasypros.com slash podcast. Okay, so now we'll get into our picks for every game for the current spread at the time of recording this, which is 9 p.m. on Friday. Uh, and we'll go through every game and its spread pick, as well as money line picks, which mostly will be fairly obvious. I mean, uh, straight-up picks aren't very hard. So, um, so with that said, we're going to get into our first game, which is the Ravens plus 1.5 at the Falcons. Uh, so for me, this game, uh, the injuries... Nothing really standing out as far as injuries go. Um, I mean, Gus Edwards, ankle injury, but he's questionable. Alex Collins, questionable, but he hasn't even been playing that much with the new quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And for the Falcons, uh, Matt Bryant is out with a back injury, but um, that's not really that relevant to me. So... Uh, For this game, it just comes down to, for me, the lack of trust in the rookie quarterback for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. He's been very inconsistent throwing the football. And yes, the Ravens have had a great run game with him. And the Falcons' defense is, like, very, very not good and inconsistent. So, I mean, the Ravens, they have a good chance to put up points. However, I don't trust the inconsistencies of Lamar Jackson especially on the road in his first NFL start on the road and having his previous experience with only playing against Oakland or well, and another game, but Oakland is the one game that stands out to me where he could barely muster a lead going into the fourth quarter, which is concerning to me, especially at home. Um, So my pick for this game is the Falcons by one and a half. How about you, Sean? Uh, For me, it's, Pretty, pretty. I agree with most of the things you said. Um, I also have the Falcons at one, uh, favorite at one and a half. Um, the big, the big talking points for me is that if you want to compare quarterbacks, obviously Matt Ryan's numbers this year are pretty much equivalent to his 2016 MVP year, and even unfortunately the Falcons show a four and seven record. 
Um, the Falcons, though, are on pretty much life support to make the playoffs here. They have to pretty much outright win every game to lock in a playoff spot. So that being the big ticket for me as um, they literally have to win this game. And being that it's only a 1.5 favorite, literally a field goal wins the game. Any, like any, any point spread wins this game for the Falcons. Um, unless obviously it goes to overtime, which I can't see the Falcons put get like the Ravens pushing overtime in this game. Um, to, to still look, with overtime, you got you got field goal wins the game. That's points. that's very true. Yeah, uh, some betting lines don't let you though. Yeah. Um, but if you want to look at the Ravens side to kind of spit both sides of it and explain how the Ravens could win this game, I think the only way the Ravens win this game is by their defense. Um, you know, Matt Ryan's thrown five nine, five uh, picks this year with I think. Two or three fumbles on the year yeah, as well. Th- three lost fumbles. Yeah. Three lost fumbles with how many total? Five or six? Yeah, six fumbles, three lost. Okay, so yeah, so like you can see, and especially with the Ravens defense that th- that is this good, they could easily you know get a pick or two or a fumble off Matt Ryan, which could lead to pick sixes and yada yada. So even with that said about the Ravens defense winning this game, I don't think obviously a rookie quarterback like Lamar Jackson could beat Matt Ryan hand in hand. So I'm obviously selecting. Atlanta Falcons at one and a half as a favorite, and I put that pretty high up on the confident radar. Yeah, uh, I agree as well. Um, if say you were picking money line, obviously you weren't interested in betting by spread. I think uh, by one and a half, obviously it's it's pretty clear we're taking the Falcons as the favorite for both of us. So if you're interested in betting money line only, which I know some people are, they don't like uh, point spread, then both of us say Falcons. Um, Covering the points, so and money line's pretty. Out. Money line's pretty good for Falcons too. It's sitting at about one point eight x right now. Yeah, which is which is pretty good for a game that I think is pretty confident in Atlanta winning. Yeah, I'm not so sure why the Ravens are so heavily favored. Well, they're not favored, but yeah. on the road, only being one and a half point underdogs. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll take that. Uh, so our next game is the Broncos by five at the Bengals. Um, this game, obviously, the big headline is the return of A.J. Green and also, unfortunately, the loss of Andy Dalton. So they'll be relying on rookie quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Or not rookie, but he uh, obviously played. He's been a backup, career backup. So he, uh, he'll he be starting in place of Andy Dalton. And for me, that's a little bit concerning, to be honest, um, especially when you consider the the Broncos don't exactly have any injuries uh, at any key positions. The um, sorry, Emmanuel Sanders is actually he was removed from the injury report this week or on Friday. Uh, Shaquille Barrett and Brandon Marshall are both questionable, um, but I believe they both practiced. Uh, uh, sorry, the Broncos Marshall for the first time since Week Eight um, managed a week of limited practices. So usually, when people practice in limited fashions, they're they're good to go come Sunday. But for me, this game is um, concerning for the Bengals, to say the least. Uh, having to rely on a rookie quarterback, or not rookie again, sorry. It's um, an unproven quarterback. Uh, yes, you get A.J. Green back, who obviously is a, a big factor. However, he is coming off a toe injury or foot injury, if you want to be less specific, which uh, wide receivers coming back from foot injuries are usually pretty suspect. Um However, he has sounded confident during the week, saying that, yes, 100%. I'm pretty sure on Monday he even said, or maybe Tuesday, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back 100%. Uh, so he seems pretty confident to come back. I just still don't see them winning this game 
and if we're being honest, I don't see it being very close. Um, the Bengals' offense has struggled, has struggled this year. Uh, Denver's Denver's defense hasn't been great either, especially against um, the pass. However, they they do have a, an average uh, red zone defense, uh, allowing twenty two point nine points per game, which is fourteenth in the NFL, versus Cincinnati's thirty one and a half points per game, which is good for dead last. And Cincinnati's defense has been struggling all year. So to me, having lost their starting quarterback, have I mean, having AJ Green coming back from injury, not 100%, I'd imagine. Um, to me, I like the Bengal or sorry, the Broncos here, and by five points for sure. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I think this is honestly almost a no-brainer to choose the Broncos by literally just looking at the plain facts that you have. A, you have Andy Dalton missing in this game, and you also have the Bengals with one of, like, arguably one of the worst defenses um, with passing yards and total yards per game. Yeah, so go ahead, Justin. Uh, not, I, I, sorry, I also forgot to mention that the Broncos have been playing very well on the road. If you didn't see, obviously they they beat the Chargers on the road, and Chargers have been Super Bowl favorite all year. That is so true. They've been playing very well on the road, so that's mm-hmm. nothing to necessarily take into huge consideration, the fact that it's a road game. Mm-hmm which even just adds more heat for the Denver to walk over Cincinnati in the sense that, like I said, new quarterback in place, one of the worst defenses, and Denver being good on the road. Um, with Case Keenum putting up 13 touchdowns and 10 INTs, I'd like to bring that as a factor, but because Cincinnati's defense is so poor, I don't think Case Keenum will have a much uh, a difficult time, per se, with Cincinnati. So with those, with literally just those points alone, I really do think that... Uh, Denver is going to walk over Bengals. I think it's going to be a much higher final score for the Broncos in the favor, um, but I think it's an easy lock to take Broncos at minus five. Yeah, I agree 100%. And so obviously if we're taking the Broncos to cover here, if you were picking money line, Broncos is the pick. However, this, the odds on the Broncos might not be the greatest on money line, so maybe taking the spread there or even an alternate spread of, say, two and a half points is a better choice in my opinion. Um, so the next game we got is the Rams uh, by 10 at the Lions. The Rams currently have no injuries to note uh, as Aqib Tlaib, starting corner, is returning from IR this week uh, as he practiced fully on Friday. So he's 100% going to play. And the Rams defense has been pretty good all year. They've, I mean, they did play Kansas City, who put up a large portion of points on them. But that obviously, Kansas City, fantastic offense. Um so you have to take that into consideration when seeing that I, I believe the Rams have allowed like 270 points against or something like that. So uh, that's good for 20th in the league, which you wouldn't expect from a top team, but their offense has just been that good that it doesn't matter. So Lions injuries, we got Carrion Johnson already been ruled out. That's a To me, that's a big blow to that team. Carrion Johnson's been playing well all year. Um and LeGarrette Blunt, LeGarrette Blunt will be handling lead-back duties. To me, LeGarrette Blunt um, doesn't uh, bode well against um, Demkong Su and uh, Aaron Donald, obviously, sitting on the D-line. So I see him struggling in this game. And also, uh, Bruce Ellington is questionable, and obviously earlier Marvin Jones was put on IR. So... 
Marvin Jones. Now they're missing Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Uh, obviously, Golden Tate traded. So, to me, this game is is going to be out of hand. I think the Rams win this one by a lot. The uh, the spread of ten, like I I could see this game being twenty one points, twenty four points for the Rams. Um, so for me, the clear pick here is the Rams by ten. Yeah, and I, I agree with you pretty much on all of that, Justin. Um, I don't see much faith in the Lions at all, uh, especially even with, you can say, how the Rams do have a very good defense. And with Matthew Stafford throwing for 10 INTs already on the year, it could get ugly quick. Um, I, th- I think the closest the, Ram- or the Lions are going to ever get in this game is maybe as close as 14 points away from the Rams, in my opinion. Um, the Rams are too much of a powerhouse. They're the last team remaining. That's 10-1 the best record in the league um jared goff is off his rocker todd Gurley is also incredible um i think those two players alone are going to be basically impact the impact players on walking all over detroit um and like you said there's been there's multiple injuries in detroit um you you could argue that detroit is home um but also that it is being played in a dome which won't affect the Rams too much as they are from los angeles you could say if it wasn't a, a colder climate, maybe it could play a factor with them. But being that it's played in the dome, it shouldn't affect them too much. So I easily another confident pick here for me is Los Angeles by ten or more. Yeah, that's a good point about the dome. Um, obviously, so Rams by ten. We're both taking the minus here. So if you're betting money line, which for this game your odds would be very minimal. Yeah, it's one point two. Yeah, so again, I would probably, if you weren't confident in the by 10, I would maybe go alternate spread if your site allows for that of by 2.5. One of my favorite things to do, it just gives you a little bit more odds and very minimal games end in two points or less of a difference. So uh, if you're interested in that, that's a good play in my opinion. Um, So our next game here is the Arizona Cardinals at Green Bay. Green Bay by 14 points. So uh, that's quite the spread, obviously, but I think for good reason. Um, as for the Cardinals, Deion Buchanan, who is, is uh, already ruled out, Chad Williams, um, DJ Humphreys, and Buda Baker are all questionable. Uh, Chad Williams, not as important, but Deion Buchanan and Buda Baker are two, two quality players on that defense. Um Especially the Dion Buchanan one is is concerning to me due to Aaron Rod, uh, sorry Aaron Jones's uh, resurgence in this offense. He's been fantastic the last few weeks. Uh, but as for the Packers, I mean they've got a lot of injuries in the, on their defense, which could leave some wiggle room open for um, Josh Rosen. But um, I don't see Josh Rosen putting up much of a fight in this matchup. Uh, which by fourteen point, I mean. If you're being honest here, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, he's just going to put up a ton of points on this defense. The defense has done well um, this year as far as defending the pass uh, with fourth passing yards allowed, 19th total yards, 30th rushing yards, 26th in points. Uh, the concerning thing for me is Arizona ranks last in all of total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, points, and third down percentage on offense. So if you have to keep pace with Aaron Rodgers and you rank last in all of the offensive categories here, I mean, you're going to have a difficult time, especially considering uh, 
you're playing in Green Bay. Everyone knows that's a tough place to play. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been playing very well all year. He's only thrown one interception. He's probably going to give the Cardinals' defense very limited opportunities um, as far as turnovers go. He's been playing fantastic all year. And you can say the complete opposite for Josh Rosen, who's thrown 11 interceptions on the year. So More ints than touchdowns. Yeah, 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. <laughs> so that's never good. Um, I see David Johnson being attempted to be heavily used in this game. The problem is uh, game script, obviously, second, if you don't score on the Packers' defense and you're letting Aaron Rodgers hold the ball for the majority of the game, it's just not a good recipe for success. So for me, I think I think Green Bay covers this game. Um, the only thing that's concerning to me is Green Bay letting the foot off the gas a little bit because of their, you know, them being up by a significant amount of points. They might, you know be looking to, to, to next week already and being like, okay, we don't want to injure our players. But at the same time, they also, they're in must-win situations here. They're sitting at 4-6-1. and one. They have to win now in order to make the playoffs. Um, so that's that's my two cents on that game. How about you, Sean? Uh, well, being, being a Packers fan, um, I'm not as biased as most people think. Um, multiple times this year, especially Green Bay being on the road, I have, I have bet against them. Um, sounds like blasphemy, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, you use, you use your brain, not your heart. Um, I, I'll add a quick point though. Even with Green Bay having this many injuries in their lineup, it's it's hard to see being a fan of the team. But even with this many injuries, I I can't see Arizona putting up a fight. I really can't. Um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that many weapons at uh, wide receiver. They do have Devonte Adams there, but I think he will be getting double covered. Um, even with him being double covered, there is multiple other options available, um, as we've seen throughout the year. And especially with Aaron Jones, I want to make a quick point that um, Mike McCarthy has basically finally listened to Aaron Rodgers and understands that Aaron Jones is the guy to run the ball. Um, it's taken him way too long to realize this, but he's finally realized this, and you can see the numbers coming from Aaron Jones throughout this year, with averaging six yards per carry and six touchdowns already in the year. And he wasn't even a start. He wasn't even the number one wide receiver uh, running back at the start of the season. Yeah, um, they were rocking with Jamal Williams for some reason. Yep, yeah, it was it was very uh, frustrating to watch. <laughs> but um, like you said, I think uh, game script is going to play a huge factor in this. Um, I think David Johnson will be utilized early in the game, but as soon as obviously Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay team gets a good lead by you know ten or more. Um, David Johnson will become pretty much a ghost in my opinion and it just gives more leeway for Green Bay to take their time with the ball be, have some great time management and uh, run up the clock I think so I, I, I it is a big spread but it shows how um, how much these betting websites believe that Green Bay is going to walk all over Arizona as they are um, having issues they're having good they're having good like passing defense like you said but rush defense, they're struggling, and I think Aaron Jones could utilize utilize with that. Um, but overall, I will be taking Green Bay with minus fourteen. Um, it is a bit heavy, but I think I think I could see this, you know, like uh, you know twenty twenty eight to ten sort of thing. Um, that's my two cents. The, the Cardinals on the road last week got beat by the Chargers forty five to ten. Yeah, <laughs> and as we know, the Chargers don't exactly have home field advantage where. 
I mean, their attendance is brutal at games. Green Bay, quite the opposite. Fans I, are incredibly passionate. And I think I can add, too, I think it was the last time these two teams played was in the uh, playoffs when Arizona knocked out Green Bay. Yes. So I yeah. think I think they're going to be hungry to uh, walk all over them and prove that they didn't deserve to lose that game. Yeah. But it was hard to uh, control Larry Fitzgerald in 2016. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, so again, if we're taking Green Bay by 14, you can confidently take the money line. But again, your odds on that are going to be brutal, to say the least. Yeah, um, 1.11. <laughs> yeah, so good. unless you're putting like a 16 parlay or something like that, they're basically irrelevant, along with some other games this week. But, you know, I mean, you do what you want. Uh, again, if it was me, I'd be taking them by... If I wanted to be safe, I would go alternate spread six and a half. But uh, I still feel confident in 100% in Green Bay by 14. Uh, so our next game is the Browns at the Texans. Um, Texans here are five and a half point favorites. Uh, coming off a win. Uh, actually, eight wins in a row. They started 0-3, and they're now 8-3. and yep. So that team is hot, to say the least. Um However, Kiki QT last week went down with a hamstring injury. Uh, so him and J.J. Watt are both questionable. I don't see J.J. Watt missing this game, but Kiki QT, I mean, he's had a lingering hamstring injury all year. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if they bring him back for this game. I'm not sure what the, if the coach has said anything about it, but uh, even still, they've got two good weapons uh, on offense without QT and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, and Demarius Thomas. So, shouldn't it's not a large concern, but it's definitely something to take note of. Um, and as far as the Browns go, the only uh, big name one is Demarius Randall, who's questionable with a hamstring as well. Um, and, uh, Randall was added to the intro report on Friday as limited, so. Um, it is a little bit concerning because he was downgraded on Friday rather than being consistent throughout the week. But, I mean, even still, I I, I doubt he misses this game. But if he does, uh, definitely weakens that secondary further than it already is um, because so far this year they're allowing the 30th most passing yard, or sorry, the 30th, the 30th in the league for passing yards. So... That's definitely not good. Their defense as a whole has been bad, to say the least. Um, so the Texans here, I, I honestly believe Lamar Miller has been playing great of late. Uh, their tw- uh, the defense for Cleveland is 28th in rushing yards allowed. So you can definitely run against Cleveland, and that's been shown for many weeks. Uh, and they're passing defenses weeks, giving... Um, Demarius Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins probably a field day to be honest especially if Demarius Randall is out uh, to me uh, so Cleveland I, I guess they just won their first game on the road in what since 2015 yeah I think it's three years now so maybe they're like oh well we can win anything now but for me um, they're one and four on the year on the road facing a hot a very hot Houston team um I see this game being covering the spread. Uh, the Browns, I do. Uh, I there's definitely a chance they can win this game. I mean, don't rule them out. They've been playing well as well. They're they're sitting at what four, six, and one, I believe, on the year. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the same record as what, the Packers. So you yeah. can't say that they've been playing <laughs> bad necessarily. Their defense is poor. I mean, if you're going to leave Baker Mayfield to try and close this game, uh, he's going to have little help from Nick Chubb as the rushing yards allowed for Houston is um, pretty good. Uh, 96.8 per game, which is seventh in the league, which is pretty good. Uh, so to me, I see the Texans winning this game. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to end between 7 and 10 points for the Texans to win. So given that, I, I wouldn't put it at the top of uh, my confidence list for picks. But I do think that, the, I'd say like 60%, I would say, for Texans by 5.5. How about you? I'm going to have to uh, disagree with you, Justin. Oh. Um, yeah, so for me... Um, I'm going to compare this a bit to the, the New Orleans-Dallas game on Thursday. And, um, and you I was, had Dallas in that game too, didn't I you? I had Dallas in that game, yeah. Uh, and, and the big reason for me was that you know Dallas were a bit of the underdogs, even though they were at home. And I think um, Dallas did win that game. It was against, against uh, Philadelphia, and I said this could be the turning point for them. And since then, they've looked pretty hot, and they're, you know, they're turning into form at the right time of the year. Um, and I think it was just a matter of time till the Saints, you know, blew a tire and they've and they 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 lost a game. Um, so the same thing goes for here, you know, tech, the Texans being on an eight-game win streak. Um, I think it could be in the same situation now, like you said, Cleveland finally won a road game. Um, you look at their record at four, six, and one, which is the same as Green Bay Packers per se. And Cleveland could also arguably be seven and four if they didn't choke a few of those games with their kicking. Um, two of them being in overtime. And as well as one when they when they lost a late lead, um, so th- this team could be a seven and four team. Um, the issue is you look at their lineup compared to Houston's. Obviously, it's not as talented. It, they, uh, Houston has way more has a couple more impact players than Cleveland. Um, but I think you know both these quarterbacks are what 20, 23 years old. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a young, energetic game. Um, there's going to be a lot of gunslinging out there, a lot of running. And I think um, I think it's going to be a very tight game. And, I, and the reason being, I think Houston may win the game, but it's going to be won by a field goal. And because of it being won by a field goal, I think Cleveland could take this win. Um, and I'm very, I'm, it's one of the games of the weekend for me. Um, I'm very excited to watch that game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Cleveland um, to uh, at plus five and a half. All right. Well, <coughs> I didn't see that coming, but okay. Uh... So as far as the money line picks would go, obviously that means I I would take the Texans. So if if you're taking the Browns plus five and a half points, would you consider taking them on money line, or do you um, think the Texans win by a field goal? Their money line is three point zero five, so it, it is pretty juicy to consider, being that it's only a five and a half favorite for Houston. Um, money line being like I said, three point zero five. It, it it is a it is a possibility, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be confident with it. Like I said, I think Cleveland's going to lose by a field goal. Um, but if I was to make Cleveland into a parlay, it would be you know it'd be a four, a four, five, or six game parlay per se. Right, like a low risk, high reward. yeah, a low risk, high reward. You know, throw a couple bucks down, and it could be turning into say a hundred bucks or fifty bucks sort of thing. Especially like like I said, like it's only a five and a half spread. Cleveland, I think it's going to be very tight, and it being that you can triple your money on Cleveland for a game that tight basically almost a coin flip in my opinion so you got a 50% chance I'd say cuz I think you said you only you only you only are confident with about 60% that Houston wins yeah so like I said I think it's more like 50% coin flip and 
if it, it's not obviously 1.5 each for the money line, it's 3 to 1.38. So being at a 3x for Cleveland on a coin flip, in my opinion, I think it's worth considering, but on a low-risk, high-reward parlay, not straight up. Yeah, I agree. All right, Colts by four at the Jaguars. So uh, this game is definitely interesting because you got two uh, key injuries, or not injuries, but key missing pieces for Jacksonville in Leonard Fournette, who's missing the game due to suspension, and Blake Bortles, who's being sat finally for uh, Cody Kessler. As Blake Bortles has been brutal and has always been brutal, in my opinion. Um, so the Colts by four here. Injuries for the Colts, you got Marlon Mack and Chester Rogers, key ones who are uh, questionable. Uh, Darius Leonard, a starting linebacker, is also questionable. And Mike Mitchell, Mike Mitchell is questionable at safety. Uh, for me, um, Chester Rogers has been a key part of this offense, but Andrew Luck has always been great at finding targets uh, for wide receivers, no matter their talent level. I mean, you definitely wouldn't be saying that the Colts wide receiver cores among the top tier in the NFL. I mean, they got T.Y. Hilton, but besides that, like, I mean, it's not fantastic. Um, so as I said about the Jags, I mean, you got Cody Kessler starting instead of Blake Bortles. You got Leonard Fournette starting, or not starting, rather. He's not in the game. Um, and then you also have DJ Chark, who is ruled out, which hurts the wide receiver depth a little bit. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Tayshawn Gibson are both questionable uh, with a knee and ankle injury, um, uh, respectively. So with that all in mind, I mean, it doesn't really change my opinion regardless of any of these players play or not because I see this game as the Colts being the hot team that they are. Um, they've won five in a row, and Andrew Luck has been has looked a lot better since the beginning of the year. Uh, and it's only a four-point spread. So for me, this game is is on the Colts. I think they're starting to run, uh, they're starting to run their offense very well. They've seemed to hit a groove, and the opposite clearly has been can be said about Jacksonville, who's going to be playing without their starting quarterback and without their starting running back. Uh, obviously, Leonard Fournette quite the star in that offense. So I think that hurts. Uh, a lot and they just lost to Buffalo on the road and as we all know Buffalo isn't the top team in the league by any standards so for me this game uh, I think it's pretty easy for me to pick and I'm one I'm fairly confident and I'm quite surprised the spread is still only by four since the Wednesday when um, Leonard Fournette was ruled uh, by an independent arbitrator to be suspended um so for me, it's kind of surprising that it's still sitting at only minus four. But I guess you could say, I mean, road game, divisional game. I mean, anything could happen. But for me, I'm, I would say I'm 75 to 80% confident that Colts will walk away with, with this one by a touchdown or more. So that's my two cents. How about you, buddy? Um, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think um, it's a very generous uh, point spread. I think it's it's more than a heavy favorite for the Colts in this set, situation, like you said, with those key players missing for Jacksonville. It's been it's been a pretty uh, disappointing year for Jacksonville. Um, there was high hopes for them this year, especially, you know, being able to take on and battle, you know, New England situations. You know, they played them in the playoffs last year and it was a close game. Um and once again, this year, there was a lot of talk about them going deep, and it has dwindled very quickly. You know, 
Jacksonville is now sitting at three and eight. Obviously, this year is completely over for them, um, and I don't see this game being won in a sense of a field goal. I think I think easily the Colts will win by a touchdown plus. Um, you know, Andrew Luck is. Are they on a six game win streak or five? This is five. Five. So they're you know they're turning hot right now. Um, Andrew Luck is in great form. You know he's got thirty two passing touchdowns, eleven ints, which is a little intriguing for Jacksonville's defense. Um, but I don't think it'll play a factor. I really don't. I think Jacksonville's going to try and keep it close with their defense, but I think Andrew Luck and his offense are going to um, take advantage, especially with Eric Ebron having a great year like he is. Um, I wish I had him in my fantasy team because Trey Burton is not performing like I expected him to be. Um, and also, again, Marlon Mack, I wish I picked him up when he was available in free agency because he is also turning it around. Um, but, yeah, overall, um, I would be taking Colts as for sure one of my confidence picks. And especially with the Colts, the Colts are a 1.5 on money line, um, which is actually quite int- uh, intriguing. Um, for being only a four-point favorite, and them, in personally, my opinion, I think it's a very confident game to select, even with money line. Um, so basically, you know, you bet your money, and you're going to get profit half of what you bet. So I think I think it's a pretty good turnaround. What do you think about that, Justin? I honestly I, I didn't notice this, but I'm just scrolling through the score um, stats on this game, and I never knew this, but Jacksonville has actually lost seven games in a row. So ouch. I mean, yeah, I uh, they're 0-3 in their division. They've lost seven in a row. They're down their starter. I mean, come on. You, yeah. you can't – I don't see a scenario, especially Colts only my, minus four. That's I, what I mean, I just yeah. – I, I don't understand that line. But. And Jacksonville started 3-1 and one and, and did um, – I'm pretty sure they, they, they took it to New England, didn't they? Yeah, they beat New England yeah. at home. The start of the, that's why I said there's there was a lot of talk about them again and going to 3-1 and one, beating New England, and then the the wheels fell off the wagon, pretty much, if you want to use that analogy. It's, um, it's been very, dis- very disappointing. Um, I like this Jacksonville team, but it's just not, it's just not working. And, um, yeah, so overall, I think Colts, money line, or point spread at minus four is a very, very confident lock for me. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean... Uh, like to add on, these guys were what they were. They were AFC con- uh, considered to be AFC contenders at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, I mean, it just hasn't gone their way, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, honestly, I just I'm, I I didn't I know. That. I was stunned. I, I can't believe they lost seven games in a row. Yeah. I, I just I feel like Leonard Fournette makes a huge difference on this team. Um, even though stats would say otherwise, but I I think he's a big portion of this offense. I agree. Um, okay, next game we got is Bills at Miami with Miami by three and a half as a favorite. Uh, so the Bills are, I mean, you could say, oh, they're hot because they just beat Jacksonville at home. But as we just went on a rant about Jacksonville being terrible of late, I mean, how much are you going to really take into that? A lot of people are buying into the hype. I've seen... Um, I've seen Pro Football Focus taking the Bills plus three and a half. Uh, they projected a weird score of twenty-one to nineteen as a as a uh, final. For me, um, I, I'm not buying the whole Buffalo thing. I I don't think that this team is good at all. Um, 
I I think as far as far as injuries go, the Bills got basically none, um, other than Charles Clay, who's questionable. Um, the Dolphins have Danny Amendola as doubtful. I don't believe he's going to play this game, as he didn't practice all week, so he's unlikely to play. Uh, however, he hasn't been. Tar- I, I believe through the first few games with um, Ryan Tannehill, he wasn't even targeted all that often. He was more so utilized by Brock Osweiler just as a safe check down sort of throws over the middle as Danny Amendola is more of a slot receiver than anything. Ryan Tannehill seems to be more willing to take chances down the field. Kenny Stills was playing great through the beginning of the season just because of that factor. So to me, I don't see that injury as very, um, very relevant. Also, you got Devontae Parker, questionable, and A.J. Derby, questionable. Devontae Parker, I mean, they weren't even using, for some unknown reason, they weren't even using the guy. And then he comes back in his first game and posts, I I think, upwards of 130 yards or 140 yards or something like that. So I'm not sure why they're not using him. But if he is out, uh, that would hurt their offense. But I don't think by that much. Um, So for me, this game comes down to I mean, whose offense is better? Because um, both teams are struggling, I guess you could say. Um, And the Bills on the road at the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins dominate this game. I think think Josh Allen struggles to pass the ball against the Miami secondary, who has has shown their their horrible side, I guess you could say. Uh, in previous games, but they they also have played pretty well in matchups that they should. Uh, Xavier Howard is a great cornerback, um, so I think Josh Allen struggles in this game. Uh, I think I think this Miami team is a different beast with um, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, they started the season three and one, so they had to be had to have been doing something right. So to me, I think this Dolphins team uh, covers the spread at three and a half. Um, I, mean, I, I could see the debate for it being a close game, but I, st- I still think that the Dolphins take this one. And I'm going to once again have to go against you on this oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. um, big, um, it's, even the betting lines partially agree with me in the sense that, you know, this, uh, the opening lines were a 6.5 favorite for Miami, and now that's dropped into pretty much half. Um, I think even the betting lines are believing into the bit of the hype of the Buffalo Bills, you know, Bills Nation. <laughs> um, but, like you can say, the, they're kind of going a different path right now. You know, Miami's on a, what, on a two-game slump, and Buffalo Bills have uh, found back-to-back wins. Um, I'm, I'm buying into a bit of the hype of them beating Jacksonville, even though I just bashed, bashed Jacksonville for having a terrible year and uh, playing poorly. And But, you know... I, I, I can see I can see a win here. Um, it's even though it's a it's a tight spread, um, I'd still even call this a bit of a sleeper pick here. I think the Bills could find a way. Um, and a big a big guy for me here is a bit of a sleeper as well as Zay Jones. He's averaging almost 11 uh, yards per catch, and he's he's got only two touchdowns in the year. But I think he could you know get a few good catches, a few good deep bombs, um, and it could turn the way of Buffalo. Um, but I, but like I said, I'm, I'm buying into a bit of the hype. Not, not speaking highly of Buffalo, but I also don't speak highly of Miami. And because of this, um, I could see Buffalo, you know, nicking out a win. And once again, you know, they could lose by a field goal and still win with with uh, the spread. 
Um, so because of this, I think it will be a field goal or a win in Bills' favor. Um, and because of that, I'm going to be taking the Bills as my not-so-confident pick. They're going to be near you know, the bottom half of my confidence uh, ladder. But um, I'm going I'm going the Bills on my end. So if you had to take a team money line, considering you're taking Bills and the points, who are you taking money line in this game? On money line, what is the odds? So money line, it's 1.5 Miami and 2.65 Buffalo. So once again, it's kind of that same situation with um, with the Cleveland Browns in my situation. Is that I think it's going to be such a tight game. So if they're giving you the opportunity to get 2.65x your money if Buffalo win, I could see myself putting Buffalo and Cleveland on the same uh, the same parlay together, like making it a high risk. Uh, uh, sorry, low. Uh, yeah, high risk, low. Uh, hang on, um, low risk, high reward. Th- there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Had a moment there, but. Um, yeah, that that's what I would say. Yeah, so I, I well with me obviously I I think Miami wins the game so money line or spread whichever mm-hmm. you prefer. But then again, like on my you know my confident sports betting, I probably wouldn't be touching this game on yeah. my you know my 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 uh, higher wages. Yeah, um, I won't be touching this game. I probably won't watch the game. I'm not. Yeah, I'm no, not, I, I'm, I agree. 100%. I don't think it'll be fun to watch. Don't even come near my TV, Bills yeah. at Miami. There, there's a lot of better games at one o'clock than that. You know, I might see them on Red Zone, but. Um, I won't be watching the game. Probably won't be betting on them unless I do uh, a parlay with them. But yeah, overall, if overall if we're talking if we're talking uh, point spread, um, I'm t- I'm still taking the Bills though. Do you ever do like a, a money line where you put like say like two or three dollars and pick every single game and just see what happens? Yep, I, I do them. I do them for fun. I do about I do about them probably every week. Um, Usually, it's usually a dollar, and the returns what like over a hundred usually, or like fifty to a hundred bucks sort of thing. I think I had one last week that I did where I picked eleven games, and I did alternate point spread by two and a half for each. Yeah, I put five bucks, and it was something like six hundred and forty. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I mean, your chances of winning that are are limited. Obviously, going eleven for eleven is unlikely to say the least. But mm-hmm. I mean, for five bucks, why not take the chance? That's yeah. my opinion, but some people yeah. might view it as a waste of money. I think the best, the best uh, like parlay I've had is a, probably a, a six or seven parlay win uh, in football. But there, there's been other sports such as you know hockey and soccer. I've had some some bigger some bigger parlays and I've found success on those. Um, but in football, it's only I think a six or seven uh, team parlay. Yeah, yeah. I usually don't like to go any higher than that for you get a bit greedy, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly, but you know, a couple bucks here and there. It's fun. It's fun to watch, right? Because you could spare, you know, a cup of coffee from Tim Hortons. Yeah, I mean, having money on on sports, whether you watch football, basketball, hockey, putting any money on uh, games is almost like fantasy. Like you want to watch your players, you want to watch your teams in the scenario, see if they win. Just adds a little bit more interest and intrigue into the games, in my opinion. It's much you get you get much more into the game. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next game we got here is the Bears at the Giants, with the Bears being three and a half point favorites. Uh, so we got Mitch Trubisky with a shoulder injury; he's doubtful. I'm fairly confident that he's not going to play. I'm pretty sure it's already he's already been ruled out, and Chase Daniel is starting on the road. So let's see how that goes. We got Akeem Hicks uh, questionable, a good run stuffer up the middle. Uh, and then on the Giants side of the ball, we got Evan Ingram. Uh, with a hamstring injury, he's ruled out. He's not going to play. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, questionable. Um, and that's it. So 
to me, uh, the Bears' defense is is legit. It's the real deal. Um, me being a Patriots fan, I watched that game firsthand. Patriots at uh, Bears, and I mean, yeah, they they are quite the defense. I mean, they've proved it all year long. Um, defense in terms of stats: fourth in yards, uh, total yards; eleventh in passing yards; second in rushing yards; third in points allowed; fourth in third down percentage. They've won five games in a row. It's a hot team as well. I mean, uh, Chase Daniel. The Bears have uh, a good amount of confidence in the guy. I think his contract is like $4 million a year or something like that. Um, and that's that's pretty high for a backup quarterback. So uh, this guy came with Matt Nagy from the Chiefs, I believe. And uh, I think they, they're pretty confident in Chase Daniel. And he played well. Uh, uh, well, well for a backup at Detroit last week. Uh, on the Thanksgiving Day games. So, I mean, for me, this game just comes down to whether or not the Bears can stop Saquon Barkley. That dude is a beast, to say the least. And, uh, I mean, if you can shut him down and force Eli Manning to pass the ball, yes, you got Oda Beckham Jr., who's obviously a phenomenal wide receiver. But, um, to me, I just, I, I see the Bears' defense just shutting down the Giants totally. Their pass rush, I imagine, gets to Eli Manning and makes him have to throw the ball, uh, giving Odell very limited amount of time to get open. Maybe Sterling Shepard has a decent day, provides a little bit of a floor in your fantasy leagues, just because uh, Eli Manning is going to have to get the ball out fast, I'd imagine. Um, and their offense, I mean, all year has kind of struggled. So, I mean, the Giants are 29th in rushing yards uh, per game, even with Saquon Barkley. So, uh, as far as the spread goes, Bears by three and a half. That seems too low to me. So uh, I'd probably I I'd, I'd take the Bears by three and a half here, and I'd be pretty confident in doing so. Yeah, for me, it's I completely agree with everything you said there, Justin. Um, I'm really shocked it is only a three and a half favorite. I I think it should have been at maybe double that. I think maybe you know six, six and a half, seven. Um, if it was if it was pushing seven, I'd maybe consider the Giants to you know hold the spread there um just for the fact of Barkley and uh Odell Beckham but I think I think because it is a three and a half I think the Bears are going to control this game very very confidently even though they're on the road like you said about their defense being the real deal it's it's hard for me to say that being a Packers fan but th- this defense is incredible and I've been riding them in fantasy since uh Khalil Mack got signed um and it, it's helped me win some games but basically um there's not much to say here. I think honestly, this is one of my, this is probably even though it is Chase Daniels playing, it's probably one of my most confident locks of the week. I'd say if we if we have, I'd say it's probably my top three. Yeah, um, as well. Yeah, I I think it, especially being a three and a half, I think this is way too way too generous by the uh, sports betting gods to give us it at three and a half. Like I said, if it's a six and a half or seven, um, it, it gets a little bit more interesting. Probably not my top three confidence, but I think I think Chicago Bears will for sure win this by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so obviously, money line uh, Bears for both of us. Uh, so the next game we got is the Panthers by three at the Buccaneers. Uh, the Panthers, Devin Funches, um, he's questionable. Um, he could be available because he practiced fully on Friday. However, he hasn't even really been playing that well all year, so I mean... Um, 
if you want to consider that a, a key player to come back, then you can. I won't argue with you, but I, I don't think he's been playing very well. And uh, that's it for the Panthers. Uh, the Bucks. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, um, he's already been ruled out. He's not going to play this game. Um, Frank Grimes is questionable. Uh, starting cornerback for them, but uh, that's not, you know, for me this game is uh, pretty straightforward, and that doesn't really change my opinion. I think um, Tampa Bay is, okay, well, to, to make it clear, this game, I don't believe I will be picking in any of my bets as uh, I, this is a very inconsistent game with two very inconsistent teams. I mean, the Bucks, like, need I say anything. Jameis Winston, 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions on the year, throws three interceptions in one quarter and gets pulled for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, they're bouncing all over the place. They're coaching for their jobs at this point. Carolina, you can say the exact same thing, though. I mean... Carolina has looked shaky on the road. Uh, they got a one and four record versus five and one at home. So uh, I don't know. There's something about playing on the road doesn't mix well. I mean, they allowed 52 points to the Steelers, I think, uh, on the road a couple weeks back. However, um, this Tampa Bay defense poses zero threat to me. They're, I I don't think they hold up very well in this game. Um, I think. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been insane over the last few weeks, so I think he's in for another big game here. Uh, the Panthers' offense—I mean, it's not fantastic, but uh, I mean, it's good enough to beat the Bucks, in my opinion. So I'm going to take them by three and a half or three. Uh, so I—I I, I would even take them at four. I, I think the Panthers win this game by a touchdown or more. So I mean take it for what it is but that's my opinion yeah i'm no i'm gonna agree with you justin i'm i'm once again i'm shocked that it's only a minus three i think part of it plays in the fact that this tampa bay team has the best uh passing yards in the league i'm pretty sure um but like you said it, it is the it's the inconsistency from winston and uh fitz magic um the, those guys are lights out i don't know how they're doing it but they throw they love to throw picks they know how to find those deep. They don't. They know how to find those deep balls to Mike yeah. Evans and uh, Deshaun Jackson. I, I don't understand it. It's something you don't usually see in the NFL. Um, it's it's very entertaining to watch, but I you, you can't you can't bet on it. You can't you can't confidently say those plays are going to happen. You can't. Yeah. And because of that, I'm taking Panthers at minus three. Um, you know, I'd I'd love to see Tampa put up a fight, but I think this could get ugly. Um, with Christian McCaffrey and uh, Cam Newton, um, I, I don't know. Like it's the the thing for me is that Tampa, they're they got a terrible defense, but their offense somehow finds ways to get touchdowns, and I don't understand how. I mean, so, they do they do have fairly talented uh, yeah wide receivers. I mean, yeah, but well, I think without is Deshaun it, Jackson, is it Deshaun Jackson or Mike Evans that says they request a trade at the end of the year? Deshaun Jackson. Is it Deshaun Jackson? I remember hearing yeah. that, which is, I don't know how you can do that while playing for them in the middle of the season and then expect to be everything be okay, but that's just me. Um, but to keep it short, um, yeah, I, I'm not betting on this game because, once again, I said Tampa could somehow turn turn the corner and throw a deep bomb and they get a touchdown of it and tie the game or keep it close. And um, who knows what's going to happen, but 
if I have to go point spread, I am going Carolina Panthers at minus three because I think they should win by three or more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so obviously money line, we're both taking Panthers here. Your odds are probably pretty good there, to be honest. At only minus three, so I mean, so it's a good bet. But again, the inconsistencies of both of these teams just makes it a little bit shady. So, I mean, if you want to take, if you want to roll the dice, more power to you. But for me and Sean, I mean, both of us don't really feel that confident. So, uh, moving on, we got the Chiefs by fourteen and a half at the Raiders. And uh, I mean, if you haven't heard yet, um, our good friend Kareem Hunt, he was uh, released about an hour ago. About an hour and a half ago. An hour and a half ago. Um, if you haven't seen it, he um, he was abusing a woman in public, and was the video had just come out. They had heard about it previously, but there was no video proof. And the Chiefs found out that he was lying to them about what happened. Video surfaced, and he's now released. So the Chiefs will be without Kareem Hunt. However, Spencer Ware has been uh, he has been that guy before. He's been a great running back in. I mean, what, three years ago, ever since um, mm-hmm. his injury. Um, so I, I I wouldn't consider this as a massive impact. Obviously, it, it doesn't help losing your starting running back. But in this scenario, I believe they do have a serviceable backup that can do... I mean, this offense on its own is fantastic. So, I mean, Pat Mahomes has been a stud all year long. Uh, so, I mean, the... The only thing that I guess you could argue here, if you didn't want to take Kansas City, in my opinion, is that it's a, I mean, it's a home game for the Raiders, divisional game. They can play the upset card if they, I mean, if they lose this game, Kansas City can be in danger to not have the number one seed in the AFC. Um, it's New England's right behind them at eight and three versus nine and two for Kansas City. I just don't see it happening, to be honest. I, I mean, Kansas City's offense is is great. Oakland's is quite the opposite. Kansas City's defense isn't fantastic, but neither is Oakland's. I mean, Oakland allows the 30th most points, 32nd rushing yards, 26th total yards, 30th third down percentage. So, I mean, struggling to get off the field against a a high-powered offense like Kansas City, I mean, I don't think I don't think you stand much of a chance. The spread is very very high. At 14 and a half, you got to cover 14 and a half points. But to be honest, I'm not really that worried. I, I would say with 70% confidence, Kansas City covers the spread. Um, I think they win by 21 to 28 points. I don't think it's even close. You know, I agree. Um, devastating news. Obviously, something had to happen for what he did. Um, but for me and fantasy owners out there who have Cream Hunt, um, <laughs> it's. Uh, Rest in peace. Um, if you don't have someone on your bench that can take his spot, I don't. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be miserable. Just in time for the playoffs. <laughs> Just right, right, right in time for the first round of the playoffs after this week. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but we'll we'll stick to pick him for now. Um, you know, like you said, you're talking about how there's an upset possible. Um, for me, the only thing I can also add to you, Justin, is that like with Kareem Hunt being released from KC, I think it could disrupt them a bit, a little bit, and uh, fluster them. So it could it could result in something. Who knows? But it, like I think I think uh, KC has got it figured out, and they know how to win games, and they know how to win them by big. 
Um, I, 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 it's hard to say Kareem Hunt isn't an impact player, of course, but I think Spencer Ware will be able to come in and take in that workload. I found a cool comment um, by Bobby Sylvester, the guy we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, he actually has Spencer Ware ranked as the number three running back for the rest of the season, which, yeah, which, yeah, I, which I found very interesting. So he, 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 even, he even agrees that he, he can see Spencer Ware running around the field and taking full control of, of uh, Cream Hunt's spot and even do it better than him in the say, um, which will be interesting. But like you said, Justin, it's a fourteen and a half. It's a very, very uh, high spread. But like you said, and I agree that it could be twenty plus points easy for KC. Um, but you never know. Derek Carr has shown glimpses. I don't speak highly of him in any way, but he, he does show glimpses. That's all I'll say. But confidently, KC was in my top three, even being fourteen and a half. Um, they were in my top three, but now with Kareem Hunt out, I drop them down to say maybe top six, top seven. But I do confidently will say KC at minus 14 and a half. All right. So then both of us, money line, Kansas City. Your odds are not going to be probably great. probably not worth your time. Yeah. So, I mean, um, stay away from the game if you want to bet money line. It's not even <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, regarding your point of Derek Carr, I mean, yeah, like there's a lot of hate on Derek Carr, but I mean his team isn't very good. His offense is a, or his defense sorry, is abysmal. I mean the guys, mm-hmm. the guys thrown for 2,800 yards, 13 TDs, and eight picks. I mean it's, that's not that's not bad. I mean it's not good, but it's not terrible. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, they, it could it could happen, which is why uh, you know divisional games always have that element to them where anything is possible. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, all right, next game we got the Jets at the Titans. Uh, Jets are eight and a half point underdogs at the Titans. Um, so for this game, uh, Robbie Anderson's questionable. Sam Darnold is also questionable. Uh, I'm not sure if it's been confirmed yet, uh, but Josh McCowan did practice fully on Friday. So uh, the Jets. To me, if I was the Jets here, I mean, you're sitting at 3-8 and eight in the AFC East, where New England wins every year, it seems. <laughs> um, I'm not rushing my franchise quarterback back to this game when the Titans' defense is is no joke. Um, I, I wouldn't be rushing Sam Donald back. And, I mean, Josh McCown has been a respectable backup in the past, but I don't, I don't think he's the same quarterback he used to be. I think the age is hitting him a little bit. Um, so I think, I, yeah, I, I think that injury hurts, and I think it's shown that the Jets have been hurt by that injury of Sam Darnold. Uh, the Titans don't exactly have any injuries for that matter, um, as a lot of them who were questionable or limited in practice, also they practiced uh, fully on Thursday, so they're they're good to go, including Malcolm Butler and Adore Jackson, both cornerbacks. Um, so the injuries aren't really a factor here, but I mean. The Titans, they're a hot team. Um, they've shown that they can play. Um, that this, their issue is the road games. They're two and five on the road, three and one at home. Uh, sorry, they have, they have lost two in a row. Um, but I mean, the Jets have lost five in a row. The road record's one and four. Uh, the Tennessee defense, I I can see them shutting down um, any run game by the Jets any attempt to establish any run game whatsoever um, 
can't I can't remember what it is, but I don't think the Titans have allowed Raymond rushing touchdowns all year long. Um, total yards, I mean Tennessee tenth in total yards allowed, ninth in passing yards. This game just just seems like even though both offenses aren't very good, I just I don't see the Jets being able to get anything going. I don't imagine um, Josh McCowan playing very well in this game. I mean, if you watch the game where the Titans played the Patriots, they made Tom Brady look like he was uh, a joke, to be honest. Uh, that whole offense, they looked like a joke. Um, uh, you got What do you got, Sean? I was just going to speak about the, the comment about their terrible uh, road form, Titans. Yeah. Um, but they do have one of the easiest uh, finishing, um, one of the be- one of the easiest schedules in the league to finish off the rest of the season. They only have one game left on, on the road, um, and they have five at home or four yeah, at home. Sorry, I was looking at that, thinking why they have played seven games on the road and four at home. So yeah. I, they got some home very games very to interesting make up. schedule. I don't know the reason behind it, but um, I think you know we can talk we can talk poorly about their away form, but. The only away game they have left is uh, New York Giants. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think for me this game is just going to come down to the defense, the play of the Titans defense and how much they allow to the Jets uh, just because um, Tennessee's offense isn't fantastic, but I think the Jets' defense lacks the ability to, uh, to hold them back. I mean, the time of possession here, I can't imagine – goes in the Jets' favor. I imagine the Titans hold the ball for the majority of this game. So, uh, I... Now, this this one is definitely... The spread here is kind of high. I don't exactly like the spread uh, in 8.5. So, I'm not exactly sure who I would take. So, I, I think I'm just going to go with a coin flip of the Titans by 8.5. But, I just... If it was me, I wouldn't be picking this game. So, I mean, if you want to, you can argue it, but I just, I don't, I don't see the Titans winning this game, or sorry, I don't see the Jets winning this game or even coming close. So, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be all the Titans. Uh, We'll take a, a quick pause here. I think Sean has gone somewhere. Uh, sorry, I'm back. All right. Cool. Um, so basically, um, I'm gonna. I, you took the Titans, correct? Yeah. So I'm once again disagreeing with you. Oh boy. This um, is probably my sleeper pick of the week behind um, Cleveland and possibly Buffalo. Um, there's, I just, I just don't, I just don't see proven success in this Tennessee team. Um, with it being, you know, Mark Sperriott has only thrown nine touchdowns and six INTs. And I just don't know. I just don't feel it. I don't feel the the success there. Um, and, you know, the Jets the Jets play hard. You know, they, they do really play hard. And I think being the spread at, what, eight and a half? Yeah. I'm, I'm giving this to the Jets. I don't think they're going to lose by more than a touchdown. I mean that that was my concern was the high yeah. the high spread of eight and a half points. I I don't know how they came up with that, but yeah, I don't know I don't know the reasoning behind it. Maybe because you know the Jets are just playing like not good. <laughs> They're playing not good, right? 
I mean, the, the, the Tennessee Titans only average 17.7 points per game. So them being a 10-point, or sorry, 8.5-point yeah. favorite, it's a little bit shady. Yeah, so I, bit... I, I, said before, I said after you left for a bit that, I, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not going to be one of the games I'm picking on any of my bets. Yeah. Um, being me, once again, I'd say this is, I, I probably put the Jets on that, on that parlay that I got Cleveland and Buffalo on, because, you know, you gotta add some other cool games to it to make it a little bit more spicy on the, on the return. Um, but yeah, like, like, money line wouldn't touch it. Um, Jets-wise, though, I think they don't lose by more than a touchdown, and because of that, I'm taking the Jets this week. Yeah, see, for me, I, I think I would take the Titans money line here. I mean, it's probably not a very good one, but if I want, if I if I was someone who absolutely wanted to pick this game, I think I'm taking the Titans money line. Regard uh, if you just want to not consider the odds, I, I imagine that eight and a half point favorites that their money line is going to be rather yeah, low. one one point two five. Yeah, so I mean, you're not you're getting twenty five bucks on a hundred, so yeah. it's not the greatest, but I mean, so your money line is is who. I, if I had to pick one, it'd be the it'd be the Titans, but I'm not. I wouldn't be touching it. Right. All right. Uh, okay. Moving not, on. Not at those odds. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's ugly. It's an ugly game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vikings at the Patriots. Uh, probably one of the better the better games of the day. I I think. Um, the Vikings are five point underdogs right now. Uh, so we got Dwayne Allen for the Patriots already ruled out. Uh, however, they they do not have any other injury re- reported players. Or, sorry, any reported players on the injury report. Um, so you got Tom Brady and Gronk; they're all good to go. Um, and I believe Rex Burkhead might be returning for this game. I, I imagine he doesn't cut that much into uh, the offense, but uh, he's another weapon that they can add in. Uh, the Vikings, uh, they got. Uh, not really anyone other than Stefan Diggs and Xavier Rhodes are both uh, questionable. The Stefan Diggs one is um, worrisome a little bit because when he's put on injury reports, he doesn't really play that well. I, I don't know the exact statistic, but they've mentioned it quite a few times on uh, the Fantasy Pros podcast saying whenever he's questionable, don't start him in your lineup. He, I mean, he doesn't play well when he's when he's on the injury report in any fashion. Um, and for Xavier Rhodes, I'm pretty sure that um, Mike Zimmer has already come out and said that he's not worried about Xavier Rhodes and he'll play. And he's a, he's a fantastic corner. Um, so not really anything on the injury side here. But uh, New England in December is quite the team. Uh, going into New England is quite the task. I mean, the Vikings, they've played well, but they've shown their inconsistencies. I mean, they got smoked by Buffalo at home. Um, Buffalo being what like three and eight. Uh, Kirk Cousins has shown great games. He's shown bad games. He's played poorly versus the Bears. Uh, made up, made up points in garbage time versus the, the Bills. But I mean, th- this team has definitely shown its inconsistencies. And I mean, as New England has dropped a couple stinkers as well. I mean, losing by twenty four points to the Titans on the road is definitely not a good look. Losing to the Jags, uh, given their current stance, is not very good either. Uh, but I, I'm going to roll with the fact here that New England is is fairly dominant at home in December. I mean, their December record is is 
is stellar. Um, and for me, I mean, the, the Vikings defense is one that is often feared. And it's like, okay, you're playing the Vikings is a, is a tough matchup. I just, I think that, um, I think New England wins this game. Um, I don't think that Kirk Cousins will be able to match uh, Tom Brady leading his offense, regardless of the matchup against the Vikings. I think that uh, the, the Patriots have many different weapons they can go to now with Gronk, uh, Edelman, Josh Gordon, Rex Burkhead, even if he comes back, Sony Michelle, James White. I mean, they're diverse. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough, tough game for Minnesota to defend, and I think New England takes this game uh, by uh, they, they cover the spread of five points. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with you on pretty much all of that. You're, you're spot on. You know, you being a New England fan, you know your stats and your facts about them. Um, I will say though that um, the fact with, like you said, um, with Kirk Cousins, I think this is the guy they brought in to Minnesota to you know be the guy to take over. Um, their division in the NFC North. I think this is the guy they've spent the money on. They went out, brought him in to be their guy to take control of their their division. Um, and at the moment, they don't have it. You know, Chicago's at eight and three. Um, it's not. It's usually Green Bay's division. It's not our year, um, unfortunately. But um, like you said, you know, Kirk Cousins had some blunders. Even New England's had some blunders. Um, fun little stat though: Tom Brady has led New England to four straight wins against Minnesota. They don't play each other much, but he's four zero um, against this Minnesota team. Um, fun little stat. Um, you know, maybe I, I personally think he's going to keep that undefeated record against them. Um, I can't see the Vikings coming into New England, especially like you said in December this time of year, and stealing a win. I don't see it. Um, New England know how to win, especially at the crunch time. Um, because they're they're trying to fight for that first spot in their division, right? New England with yeah. uh, KC. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, with Kansas City. Yeah. So that's uh, that's important for them, um, especially comes to playoff playoffs. Um, but there's not there's not much here um, for me to say. You know, there's a chance Vikings steal this. Um, it's pretty generous in my opinion, given New England only a minus five. I think there should be like a minus seven to make it a little stingy. Um, but I think New England easily wins this by seven plus. Like without this is another one of my confident picks in my top five. I'd say. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, so money line if you want to pick it. Both of us think Pats uh, at home. Yeah. Um, all right. Next game we got the 49ers at Seattle. Uh, Seattle being ten point favorites. Uh, as far as the Niners go, we got Marquise Goodwin. Um, Pierre Garçon, uh, they, those guys are both out, and that's that's basically all the injuries for them, notable ones, rather. Um, K.J. Wright for the Seahawks is out, and that's and C.J. Procise is out as well. Um, this game is uh, one that I expect Seattle to dominate, if we're being honest. I mean, Nick Mullins, there was a lot of hype around him when he first uh, started, I think, again, I can't remember, against... Who, but in his first game, he looked looked good. I mean, he he played well. Um, but since then, he hasn't been the same. I mean, um, he just I I don't know. He struggled uh, in his recent games, and the Seahawks have been the opposite. They've been playing well. They're fighting for a wild card spot. 
Uh, they're playing at home in front of their crowd that they know how to play very well in front of. Um, I think this game is not going to be close at all. Um, San Fran's defense is okay. I mean, they're not bad, but they're 26th in points allowed, which tells me that they're on the field a lot. They have a tough time, uh, tough time, the San Fran keeping their offense on the field just because it's struggling. They they lost Jerry McKinnon, obviously an injury. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, some unfortunate injuries, but um, I, I see this game being in Seattle's favor, and I think I would take them by ten. I'm not. I don't think I would take them on on any like guaranteed bets that I wanted to to lock in, but. Uh, I, I do think with probably 60-65% confidence that they take this game by 10. Yeah, no, I agree with, um, you know, I feel bad for the 49ers in a way that they've, they've lost some key players to the team, especially when a lot of people had hype around Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon and such. Um, it's quite unfortunate to see them lose these guys early in the season. Um, not not so early, but, you know, you know the drift. Um, but like, like Justin said, I think Seattle is going to run rampant on them. Uh, Seattle are still still got life to make the playoffs. They're fighting for that wild card spot, um, and I think this is a game they're not going to take lightly and uh, run over them. Another point to mention is uh, Richard Sherman is finally making his debut back in Seattle, which will be very interesting and very entertaining to watch. See the see the uh, the way the crowd reacts to it. I think they'll give him a nice standing ovation. Um, but for me, I don't think Sherman has had an elite year like like to his past, and because of this. You know, the 49ers' defense has not been great, and with it not being great, um, I think Russell Wilson and his offense is going to be able to take control of this game, time management, time manage it, and walk over Seattle. And because of that, I think it's a... And to me, it's a confident pick at 10. Um, I think they're easily winning this game by, I'm going to say, 14-plus. Um, I Justin says he wouldn't take it on a money line. It wouldn't be on my on my most confident money line, but it's worth it's worth it's worth dabbling in. I can check their money line right now, and it's it's actually it's actually a one point two. So it may, maybe not so much money line uh, being at a one point two because of the odds of uh, the spread of ten. But on your on your spread at minus ten for odds of one point nine, I'd take it without without hesitation in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you want to if you want to compile a couple of those bets like. Like uh, heavy favorites, I mean, like Kansas City, and just bet large and try and double or triple your money. I mean, it's a, a strategy I I take part in a couple times, but uh, yeah, money line. I think yeah, I, I would I would take Seattle. One point two is a little disappointing, but I mean, what are you gonna do? Seattle at home versus San Fran. I mean, that's kind of what you expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, <clears throat> final Sunday game is. Uh, the Chargers at Pittsburgh, Char- or sorry, Steelers being three and a half point favorites. Um, so for this game, uh, the Chargers obviously without Melvin Gordon, uh, I think that's a, de- a, a relatively significant blow to their de- their uh, offense. Rather, um, I think uh, a lot of people are downplaying the significance that this guy brings to the offense. I mean, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, he he's quite the red zone threat. He has nine touchdowns on the year. Um, Austin Eckler, yeah, he's been playing great, and Justin Jackson looked good in in uh, relief of Melvin Gordon. But I just I feel like the whole threat of Melvin Gordon just changes that off. It's kind of like Gronk to the Patriots. I mean, 
when when the Patriots don't have Gronk, I mean, the defense can sort of relax a little bit and be like, okay, we don't got to worry about Gronk. We don't got to double cover him. We can shift our attention elsewhere. The same can be said for me about Melvin Gordon and the significance he brings to the Chargers offense. I just think he draws a lot of attention. Um, and I, I do believe that uh, this is a, a pretty heavy loss. Um, and the Chargers have looked shaky at some times. I mean, they lost at home versus the Broncos. Um, the Broncos were playing well, but, I mean, still not a game you should lose. Uh, the Chargers are pretty good on the road, uh, sitting at 4-1 and one on the year. Um, but for me, this game, is, this game is Pittsburgh. I think it's all Pittsburgh. I think this entire game is up to what Pittsburgh team you get. If you get the team that dropped 52 points against the Panthers, I think this game is a walk in the park for the Steelers at three and a half points. Um, so for me, I, I think I, I'm pretty confident in taking the Steelers by, by three and a half. Um, I think I think the Melvin Gordon, again, Melvin Gordon is going to be a huge loss to that offense. I think Pittsburgh will be able to shut them down at home. I mean, their defense has been has been better than I think people expect um, out of the Steelers. So I, I think here I'm taking the Steelers and probably 70 to 80% confident in that pick. Yeah, this, this is one of my most confident picks. This was my third one to be in my top three um, for the lone fact that this Steelers team is crushing it, in my opinion. Um, they've, had, they've had a few unfortunate games. Like you said, it depends what team shows up. Um, I believe this time of the year, Big Ben and the Steelers team is is uh, seeing the seeing the end of the tunnel and realizing they got a shot at this. Um, how about Juju, Justin? What do you think of Juju last weekend? Juju's uh, he's an animal, man. He's like, I mean, I'm pretty confident that like they they found quite the wide receiver for when Antonio Brown starts to decline. Yeah, yeah. He 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 uh, helped me in fantasy last week. He put up some sweet numbers. Um, cool stat actually is that Juju actually has more receiving yards than Antonio Brown this year. He has Juju Smith has 1,055 to Antonio Brown's is 874, which I found quite interesting. You know, that's shocking. Um, yeah, which usually all the hype is around, you know, Antonio Brown and Juju's kind of in his shadow. Um, but he's actually having, I, I think, I could, I think people could argue a better year than Antonio Brown. Um, and obviously, you know, he, he has roughly 200 yards more than Antonio Brown, Juju. And, you know, you could argue that was literally right from last game when he put up 190 yards and and the touchdown. So those yards could from that game. Um, but like I said, I think this is a lock for uh, Juju and the Steelers. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of this team. Um, I know a lot of people have hate for the Steelers, but I, I really like how this team plays. Um, you know, Big Ben nearing the end of his career sort of thing. Antonio Brown, when he starts to decline, Juju's there. You know, you got James Conner. Um, as you can see, his Le'Veon Bell looks like he's on his way out pretty much. Um, I, I like how this team plays. I really do. Um, and overall, I think, you know, the Char- Chargers are a solid team. But with the uh, loss of Melvin Gordon this week, um, he's not he's not starting, I think, right? No, he's not playing. He's for sure out. So... With him being out, I think this is a no-brainer. If he, if Gordon was in, maybe at three and a half, you know, maybe the Chargers could find a way to win this or lose this by just a field goal. But I think the Steelers could win this honestly by like a touchdown plus seven, seven plus easily. They're my third team in my confi- in my uh, confidence picks. They're my they're my 
third team in my top three. All right. Well, I mean, if, if that's the case, I mean, both of us are taking the Steelers money line. Yeah. It's probably honestly a, a pretty good bet. It is given that bet. the spread is only three and a half. So, uh, if you like line, taking money line, I, it's only one point five five, but it's it's good bang hmm. for your buck, in my opinion. I thought it would be a lot higher with only a spread of three and a half, but but like you said, you could do the alternative spread at two and a half. Yeah, if your site allows for alternative spread, taking two and a half, in my opinion, is is a lot better than just settling for money line. But um, money line still a good option if you want. Uh, so our final game here is the Monday nighter. We got Washington at Philly uh, with a current spread of Philly by six. So. Uh, the injuries, obviously, because this is a Monday night game and we're recording on Friday, we don't know the injuries for certain. In fact, the site I'm using right now, the CBS Sports, doesn't even have any of the injury information for them. But you got the obvious ones in Adrian Peterson returning to practice on Wednesday. So that's a good sign for him to play. Uh, you got Chris Thompson coming back from injury. Uh, the concerning portion of this game for me is their quarterback. I mean... Philly, the weakness of Philly right now is clearly their secondary. They've been decimated by injuries in the secondary. And I think the way to attack this defense is is through the secondary. So uh, that's relying heavily on Colt McCoy. And he, to be fair, hasn't lived up to any of the hype around him. If there has even been any, I don't really know. I don't, I don't pay much attention to Washington. But... Um, even even before Colt McCoy, I mean, 27th in total yards, 25th passing yards, 13th rushing yards, 27th points, uh, 20th third down percentage. So, I mean, the only hopeful point for this offense is the rushing yards uh, in, the, in the rushing game as a whole. But that being said, the strong point of the Eagles' defense is their rushing defense, as everyone has known for the last two years, I'd say. Um, so, I mean, the way to attack... This Eagles defense, as I said, through the air, and I just don't think uh, Colt McCoy has the chops to do it you know, on the road at Philly. Philly in a must-win game to get back into the division race after Dallas wins last night. Um, however, a six-point spread, I mean, for an Eagles team uh, that scored... Uh, let's see here. They've scored the... 23rd most points it's it's a little concerning uh, 21 points per game and being six points favorite or six point favorites yeah I think it ultimately comes down to how healthy their secondary is if their secondary is okay and they're not playing with their sixth corner uh, I think you're you're good to go to, to plug them in as uh, a good odd at minus six um, however if it's a little if I mean it's a division game, and we all know that division games are are sometimes toss-ups. And two, these teams have both been playing very inconsistent. Uh, Eagles blew a 17-point lead at home. Um, so the six-point spread is a little concerning, but I think I would still take the Eagles by six. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think I think the the, uh, the odds is six and a half, but I don't think that would change your mind, right? No. No. So, like you said, I think, I think Philly win this by a touchdown or more. Um, it, it'll be an interesting game. It'll be fun to watch, even with Colt McCoy at the helm for for this for Washington. Um, both teams in the NFC East, and watching the Cowboys run rampant on Saint, uh, on New Orleans the other night. Um, it's a big game because that division is still open. It, it really is wide open, in my opinion. 
So this game is uh, is heavily heavily favored on both sides here to figure out if they can get the job done and try and squeak their way into the playoffs. I don't think Washington can do it with Colt McCoy at the home with the helm and um, Adrian Peterson, you know, being not that consistent of a running back. But like you said, they got Chris Thompson back, which will be interesting to see. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, I don't think Washington will be able to keep up with the, with the Eagles, and I think that is the bottom line. If if they're not going to be able to keep up with the Eagles, this is easily a, a touchdown plus win for the for Philadelphia, in my opinion. Um, not my most confident pick. It's probably about the middle, to be honest. It's probably literally bang on right in the middle of my uh, of my ladder. Um, but money line goes, I'd probably still take the Eagles because it's probably. Is it an okay money line? Let me see. Their money line. I think I would take the Eagles as well. Yeah, yeah. Like the, if, it's like the one. It's their their money line is one point three five. So it's the same situation where if you want to put a, a decent sized bet on a lot of favorites, it's uh, I I confidently put them on there. Um, but like I said, they're in the middle of my ladder. Um, but yeah, if we're if we're talking pick them at the end of the day, six and a half favorite. I'm taking them seven seven points easily touchdown plus win for this Philadelphia team. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, so I guess to close it out, I guess we'll go back and just to be more organized, we'll go through all of our well, not all, but three uh, locks, I guess you could say for say if someone wanted to make a bet and put a decent amount of money on it, three locks for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go first because I got a chance to think about it. And for me, my first one's going to be the Colts by four at the Jags. I, as I said earlier, and you can go back via the timestamp to where we talked about it, but I think the Colts run over this game uh, by four is too low for me, and I, I think they win by in around 10 to 14. So that's my first one. My second one, I think, is is going to be the Bears by three and a half. Uh, I think this defense just wins the game on their own, as I said earlier. Um, so that would be my second one. And my third one, I think I'm going to have to go with the Falcons at home versus the Ravens. I, I think, as as I said earlier at the beginning of the show, um, I don't trust Lamar Jackson. I think the Falcons take advantage of that. The rookie quarterback playing in his first road game, inconsistent passer. I think the Falcons find a way to win this game. And with such a low spread of by one and a half, you really can't go wrong with it. So those would be my three. And are we are we talking money line here for these? Uh, no spread. Spread, okay. So with spread, yeah. Um, in my top three, we, we could even throw in a fourth as a sleeper if you want to do that, Justin. Sure. Um, but my top three confident picks, I've said them throughout the podcast. But we're gonna go. We're gonna go Falcons for one, being a one point five favorite. I, I like Justin. Literally just reiterated. I think they're gonna find a way to win this game, and literally any score is gonna get this win for the Atlanta Falcons. My second, my second is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. It'll be a shock for some, but I, I do like this Pittsburgh Steelers team, especially, especially at a spread of, of uh, three and a half. I think you know it's not going to be a field goal winning type of game. That would be my second team, and my third team. I'd love to pick my Green Bay Packers, but um, not my most confident in my top three. My top three, my third team. I think I had. Um, was the uh, I think it was the Seattle Seahawks at ten? Yeah, ten favorite. I think Seattle's my third team. So we have Atlanta, the same as Justin, and then Seahawks and Steelers. So we both have a different 
out, uh, outlook on our top three picks. Um, my sleeper pick of the week is the Cleveland Browns. Big fan of them. Big fan of Baker Mayfield. And I think this is a game that they could find a win on the road. Uh, for my sleeper, I'm going to have to go with the dicey game and the Panthers at the Bucks. I think the Bucks have a chance to take this one. And with a low point spread of three, I mean, if you wanted to take, if you wanted to flip the point spread and take them by three, your odds would be be uh, pretty significant, I think. Yeah. Um, given the chance, I mean, the Bucks are playing at home. As I said, the Panthers are a shaky team on the road. I mean, they they've they've proven it um, time and time again. So, um, as long as I, I mean, the biggest question mark is Jameis Winston. If Jameis Winston comes out and plays like he can. I think the Bucks can win this game and play upset. Their offense is very talented. The Panthers' offense on the road has been shaky. Uh, I think the Bucks are a decent team if you're looking for an upset. Um, so I guess that's going to do it for us. In, uh, just about an hour and a half, so hopefully uh, you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I'll be sure to put timestamps in, so if you're looking for a specific game and you want to go back and listen to exactly what we think on each game, um, it'll be in the description of the podcast so uh, I hope you enjoyed and uh, we'll catch you next week yep thank you guys